Hey guys, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, as always, Erin, uh, here in my lovely home studio uh, to give you more games and um, more conversation. Uh, today, I have in the studio, sort of, quote-unquote, studio with me, uh, the, the fantastic Matt Storm, a.k.a. Stormageddon. Say hey, Matt. Hi, how are you? Glad hey. to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. A little background on Storm. Would you prefer Matt or Stormageddon? Uh, either works. I usually go with Matt because it's easier, it's shorter, but, but uh, both work. <laughs> sure. Okay, I'll, I'll stick with Matt. Um, Matt is a streamer, MC, DJ, podcaster, and producer hailing from Brooklyn. Uh, he hosts four different podcasts. Uh, that's Autographs, uh, the Fun and Games podcast, fun with uh, quotation marks, uh, Reignites, um, and Screen Shark. Uh, all of his podcasts are found basically everywhere. Uh, and he's also streaming. So he does basically everything. Um, and uh, is also, at the same time, very much into games. Does that sound all about right to you? Yes, uh, I will make a minor correction that the uh, it's screen snark, not shark. But oh I can goodness, see how you would make that mix. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. You are actually not of all of my show names. That's the only one that constantly gets mis mistaken as something else. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Oh. So it's fine. But okay, uh, my bad. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Well. But yes, the rest snark. of the information yes. was completely accurate and completely Fantastic. true. Yeah. How how on earth do you manage four podcasts? The, the funny tell, tell thing us is, about that experience. Yeah. The funny thing is that uh, I didn't see it as that big of a deal until I talked to more and more podcasters who are just like, I'm sorry, you do how many? Uh, it, it started. So uh, my first podcast was a music review podcast. That's now on indefinite hiatus that I did with two co-hosts called crash chords, which is what autographs is born out of. Hmm. Um, we did a new album every single week. Uh, we released it every Monday, I believe. Uh, I don't even remember. It's been so long since I've released them. Um, but I started doing that one show. And when I spun off autographs, the interview series from it um, and created my own separate show, I was doing those two shows for a while. Uh, once once uh, Crash Chords went on hiatus, um, I'd been approached by other folks to do other shows. I think the key way I'm able to do all four is that I only solo host one, which is autographs, my interview mm. series. The other ones I have co-hosts uh, and co-producers. Um, Fun and Games, which you mentioned earlier, I host with the incredible Jeff Moonen, who is a voice actor um, and a regular actor, I guess, too. Uh, he's both. Uh, but I led with the voice acting. But, full um, body but he's actor. A, full body actor, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he is a, a big video game nerd, and he uh, edits and produces that show, but we record it together. Um, I... Um, I host Reignite, which is a Mass Effect-themed uh, podcast uh, based on the video game series Mass Effect as of now until we finish those games, and then who the hell knows? <laughs> um, that I do with the incredible Frankie Bradley Lestrange, and she uh, she helps organize just about everything, and I literally edit it and release it. Um, we record it together as well, of course. Uh, and then Screen Snark I do with the incredible comedian and musician Rachel Quirky Shank, and she edits that as well. So... 
you know, having uh, not just co-hosts, but co-producers helps to get that stuff out. Um, also, three of my four shows are a part of the Certain POV podcast network. And nice. there's a lot of support there from other pr- uh, producers and podcasters. Um, we have an incredible Discord community, and that also helps get this stuff done. Um, sure. Uh, the the funny thing is, as if that weren't enough, during oh quarantine, I started a short form series within the Fun and Games feed that's sort of a separate show called Side Quests, which every episode a different host talks about a different game that they love and why they love it. They're all between like five and 15 minutes long, and I edit those and produce those all completely myself. That's amazing. So <laughs> what a community you've built for yourself here around basically just doing the things that you love like how did that even come about it's really strange so uh i i used to work very heavily in the burlesque scene i don't i started to fade that out uh in february of this year just conveniently in time for the world to end so nobody's doing live shows anyway (laughs) all Um, right well there you go but i i started uh making connections that way and meeting people within the nerd community uh and I got my start DJing through burlesque shows, mostly just pushing buttons in time so performers can perform to their songs. It was super mm-hmm. low maintenance. And from that, I started building custom playlists and then buying equipment. And now I DJ private events and weddings when they actually happen. Um, and it was all born out of just following, being a big nerd about music. And the original podcast, the original Crash Chords, came from my love of music. And my best friend, John, being like, uh, why? We talk about music all the time. Why are you not recording this? Why are you not doing a podcast? Yeah. Uh, our first like two or three episodes are recorded in the iPad. And it's terrible. <laughs> don't listen to them. Um, all of it. All of the episodes of Crash Chords are still available, uh, even though we don't do it anymore. But yeah. And so it started from there is this just kind of nerdery of like, oh, I really like music. Other people do too. I guess I can talk to them about it. Yeah. Um, And then uh, Autographs, which was the first one that spun off, literally was born out of, at the time anyway, I don't really talk about this podcaster anymore because he's a dipshit Mm. and accused of assault, so we won't mention him by name. But that that fact, uh, but that that specific podcaster inspired me to start an interview series. And then I found other better humans who Mm. also did interview shows to be inspired by, um, like Kevin Pollack and Pete Holmes. but like autographs is literally selfishly. I like interview shows. I want to do an interview show. I know a few indie rappers who would come on my show. I'm going to just start doing this thing. Uh, and now okay. we just released as of when we're recording our 149th episode. Damn. Well, congratulations. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's amazing. And um you really, and it also sounds like you also just recently did your finale for the uh, Mass Effect themed podcast, Reignite 2, where you were, in fact, playing an RPG. Correct. Yeah. Um, so Reignite just wrapped up its second season based on the second game in the trilogy. Um, we've broken each game out into seasons. Mm-hmm. And so for the finale, we were like, and we'd wanted to do this for season one, but it just didn't come to fruition. We'd wanted to play. We knew that there were Mass Effect TTRPGs out there. We knew there were a few different mods. This one happens to be based on fifth edition D&D. Yeah. And we were like, all right, let's try doing it. And when Josh approached us of doing the Blasto holiday special, for those who don't know, within the Mass Effect universe, which is a massive sci-fi franchise, a la yeah. Star Wars and Star Trek and the like, yeah. there's a fictional character in the movies called Blasto, who is a action hero character based on the race of Hanar, which are essentially space jellyfish. 
Um, he's the first Hanar Spectre, which is a joke in and of itself because the Hanar are not a combat kind of like people. They don't really fight. Um, and so it's a running gag through the games that you'll see movie posters or hear radio ads for these movies. And so Josh decided, hey, let's make one of those movies as a TTRPG. So we were playing actors in the movie playing characters in this action movie. And so like, <laughs> that's where a lot of the comedy and ridiculousness Amazing. comes from. Yeah. And it was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, not, I'd never done an actual play podcast before. I'd been a guest on some before and like done line reads and uh, participated, but I'd never really actually done one from start to finish in a one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, that episode is edited by the incredible case Aiken, who is a producer and a podcaster at certain POV as well. I have, I awesome. can, I can edit talk shows till the cows come home, but ask me to do like any actual (laughs) special effects or voice effects or any of that stuff that's out of my wheelhouse, at least for now. Um, So he stepped up to help us with that, but it was a blast. I love doing it and we'll definitely do it again sometime. Yeah. And I listened to that show and the, the the editing quality was fantastic. I was like, Oh shit. You know, especially for, for my humble show, which is mostly (laughs) just uh, two people chatting. And then sometimes if I do it as a pre-record, I throw music under it. Uh, (laughs) I was very impressed. So it was, it was a lot of fun to listen to. Um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but what really strikes me, um, about all of this is that it sounds like you really just created this by just allowing yourselves to be open to just doing what you want to do. Like it kind of sounds like that go ahead yeah 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 Yeah. so that's accurate i mean the the reality of why i'm able to do it is because of technology um the the ease of access to recording technology like 90 90 of the internet uses audacity because it's free and it's easy to edit with it's what i happen to use you don't need to pay for garage band or any of those other apps if you don't want to there's a step below it where if you're just doing basic editing it's super useful Mm. but on top of that my spouse is an actress and a voiceover artist and a podcast producer as well. And so like we had a high quality microphone and uh, interface in the house. We got as a wedding present actually, because we both had done so much work with voice and recording. She's also a musician and yeah, it, it started as I just wanted to do this thing and I didn't think anything of it. And then over the last few years I was like, well, what if I lean into this thing? What if it's the thing I promote? What if I start streaming, which wraps into a lot of the things that I do? Would that be better? And actually, it came to a head right before the pandemic. I was, a, I was featured on a panel at PAX East in Boston right before the plague took hold. And so <laughs> um, that was really cool because I got to do a, a live Bioware panel uh, with the incredible uh, Liana Rupert. Uh, uh, planned the whole thing and we had incredible guests on the panel and we talked about who the best love interest in is in in Bioware games and it was just a fun silly discussion and like that's the first time I had been featured on a major panel I'd done panels before and and live podcasts before but this was a large room at a major podcast um, you know hosted by Penny Arcade and so like after that point I was like all right if I'm going to produce content and do it for quote-unquote a living how can I step it up? How can I do more? What can I engage with more? And so like the episode that you listen to of reignite is an experiment in higher produced content or, you know, different kinds of content. The reason side quests exists as a show is because I was so tired of the negativity online towards video games. Like a game gets announced Mm. and then half the fan base is like, well, I hate the, hated the last one. This one's going to suck and write it off. Mm. Like, it's just, 
there's so much negativity without giving things a chance that I was like, why don't I create a series where people who love games could just, just talk, talk about, about why loving games. Yeah. Correct. And like, I ha- we, we recently had an episode about Fortnite, which I was on the bandwagon for making fun of because I didn't understand it like every other gamer <laughs> over a certain age. But a, f- mm-hmm. a friend of mine, Nathan Brandt, who's around the same age as me, really does love it and fell into it more during the, the, the pandemic. And when after listening to him talk about it, I was like, oh, this is why I do this show. Because oh. people who openly love games, talking about why they love it matters more than whatever your preconceived notions about a certain game is. You know, yeah, yeah. And games yeah. aren't flawless, but I think the idea of just like it sounds really simple, but literally, if you want something, you need to try and do it, even if you can't do it well <laughs> yeah. right away. Like I would never have anyone listen to the first mm, fifty episodes of my interview podcast to be generous, because I was still <laughs> getting my bearings, I was still getting sure. my footing, I was recording off a phone, I wasn't, I didn't have the tech for it yet, but like. I did those 50 episodes, so the next 150 episodes can be great, and, and so on and so forth. Um, we have so much access to so much tech at such a base level. I mean, there are still barriers. Not all of it is cheap, but I think the, the strength of will to convince yourself it's worth doing is harder than the actual doing of it. Boss, you uh, you heard it here firsthand, folks. Um, <laughs> well, so uh, I want to I want to make sure that we have time to game, but I do have one other question for you. Sure. What, like, how has the uh, gaming community been to you? How have you like kind of felt about it? Obviously, you're very involved and connected to it in this way, and you've built this community for yourself. But you had to find that. Like, how was like how have you found it to be? So I mean, unfortunately, like so. Here's the thing. I found with community management and community building, you need to focus in a certain place. Like for me, I focused Mm -hmm. on Twitter. Um, I don't really use Facebook anymore. I felt a lot of it was very toxic and I just, I couldn't deal with a lot of drama, I guess, finger quotes. I'm making air quotes. You can't see it. Um, But Twitter just seemed like a community that I could engage with better. Now it's not perfect. But that said, through the Twitter gaming community, I've met a ton of really cool people, like the folks of the Super Deluxe Games cast, which is a live podcast that happens every Thursday on Twitch. Um, All of the hosts have been super kind and super sweet. And uh, they showed me around during PAX East, which was really awesome of them. I helped them out a bit with like recording some stuff like it's those kinds of friendships that have been stronger to building a community than anything else. I've met a ton of great game developers and community managers, and a lot of them just want to interact. Uh, one of the episodes of Fun and Games that just came out is an episode with um, Francesca Carletto Leone, who is an incredible game devel- independent game developer. And I met her because I streamed her indie game, Starcrossed. And she jumped into chat saying, hey, I helped design this game. Thanks for playing it. And so I reached out on Twitter. Next thing I know, she came on our podcast to talk about the other stuff she's working on too. Like at the end of the day, people within this community want to be seen and want to mm. interact. Now that said, it's not perfect. Um, if, you're fo- if you've followed any streamer culture or gaming culture recently, a lot God, of yeah. uh, incredible, ter- incredibly terrible people have been outed um, for predatory actions and assault and other things. And it sucks. But it's the first step in making the community safer and better. And we yeah. need to drive those problems out and reconcile those problems. You know, um, companies like Ubisoft really need to own up to the people on staff who've been, t- have said, been outed as having, yeah, yeah, just terrible, terrible things. And, and so it's a double-edged sword. You know, the, the community has been really 
fractured right now, mostly because we want to see it safer and better. And it's hard to engage with that. It's exhausting for anybody. And you add on top of that, the Black Lives Matter movement and the coronavirus and everything else that's going on, it feels like the country's falling apart a little bit and it's a little rough. But I'm thankful for the folks who follow me on Twitter, for who engage with all of my podcasts and that community I've built, because it's built from a place of honesty and warmth and heart. Yeah. And also, I'll be the first to say if I'm doing something wrong or, or if, I'm, if I've said something wrong or I've interacted with people who are less than savory people, like tell me, I never find any critique too much. I yeah. know that I can do better and I need to do better. I'm not going to be offended if you say that I misspoke on something or I didn't address a certain problem, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the, and the sooner like you're like a person, the sooner I'm called out about something, the like the fit, the better, to be honest. Like, yes. I prefer to know as soon as possible if I've uh, hurt someone unintentionally than mm -hmm. um, to go years realizing that I did that without meaning to. I would have been I would be devastated to know that. Same. And so, you know, I think like the idea of having my own community is still weird to me, right? Like I just mm. make things cause I like making them, but right. um, I'm thankful every day for the folks who engage in our discord for certain POV that messaged me that they liked an interview that I did all of the incredible artists of all kinds I've met just doing autographs. You know, I'm thankful for all of that stuff. And yeah. I think that the way you build a community at its core is by being yourself and being honest, you know, don't try and pretend folks are characters. And if you're an actor, of course, that's a thing that you do. But like being a character when you're live streaming or podcasting, unless it's an, it's a fiction podcast, doesn't right. make sense. And people will see through it. It's much easier to see fakeries, I think, now than it ever has before. People want to connect genuinely. It's why TikTok is so popular, right? Like a lot of folks are making short comedy videos, but right. mostly they're being themselves and being honest and being goofy. And I think that goes a lot further than like being cool or trying to be something you're not, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I come from a past of having my own problems and my own issues. And like, you know, uh, I was picked on for being Jewish. I've been picked on for being bisexual and being queer. Like all of those things happen, but I'm grateful to be myself and have endured that stuff to come out the other side, the person that I am being myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that's something that really, um, like, I, I hear you. I think it's important and it's something that I think most people just have to hold on to this idea of, like, kind of hope for yourself that, you know, as you continue to, like, express yourself and really say, hey, I love this thing and I'm here, like, that kind of thing and being present, it's just kind of a hope for uh, reciprocation and enjoyment and it's, you got to hold on to that. No one's going to be a bigger advocate that, for you than you. Like, and it's yeah. hard. Don't get right, me wrong. Yeah. Like there are days oh, yeah. I, look in, I look in the mirror and go, ugh, I'm so ugly or I hate myself or like I smell funny. Like who knows? Like, yeah, yeah. like we all have those days, but it's a trick. It's tricking your brain that you're confident. Even if you don't feel confident, you fake it till you make it, right? If you feign <laughs> confidence, eventually you might actually believe it. And, and it only helps you to move forward and grow and grow the things you care about. Well, I'm glad that you've made it this far, and uh, <laughs> thank, thank you. you for uh, being on my show. I really appreciate that, too. I'm happy to be here. I was very excited that you asked. Yeah, yeah. I was thrilled to, to find such a cool thing in uh, the Brooklyn community, um, which is really awesome. Okay.
I think that we need to move on, though, to make sure that we have time for the uh, fantastic game that we're going to be playing, too. Sounds Um, good to me. So I'm going to do a quick uh, read here for the station, um, which is Radio Free Brooklyn, and uh, then we'll move forward with that. Sounds good. Um, Essentially, uh, as you guys know, uh, we are in the middle of a pandemic right now, folks. It's still happening. Please wear your masks. Um, But because of that, uh, we are, um, we have limited as much access as possible to the safety of just our uh, current hosts. And we're doing the best we can uh, to continue bringing new original programming uh, by broadcasting live or doing pre-records. Um, but that does mean that a lot of our revenue streams have evaporated and we need your help. We realize that you may be hurting too, and there are so many causes to give to right now. But if you can afford to give a small donation, it would go a long way towards helping us stay on air too. Uh, so uh, if you want to give a one-time or monthly donation, it would be great. You could go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Uh, there you can also find some t-shirts, mugs, and other swag. If you uh, want to prove that you donated, I don't know why you have to, but you certainly can. Um, you can also uh, use your phone to text RFB, give five, that's the number five, to 44321. Uh, it only takes a moment and you'll be able to use your digital wallet. Finally, um, if you have to shop on Amazon, uh, might as well put their dollars to work for us <laughs> by going to amazon.com slash smile and registering Radio Free Brooklyn as the nonprofit you wish to support. When you do, a percentage of your sales will go to Radio Free Brooklyn and it will cost you nothing. So uh, please do that. No donation is too big or too small. And uh, we really um, are hopeful to try to weather the storm together and uh, come out on the better side better come out on the other side better for it Uh, so thank you for that if you want to keep better uh attention to what's going on uh in the uh the station and around our community um i suggest you sign up to our newsletter uh that's at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash newsletter as well all right that's out of the way um now we can back to can get back to doing gameplay radio things sound good sounds good fantastic so what we're playing today i'm very excited for this it's called mythic mortals it was created by david sheerdwan i'm sorry if i'm pronouncing your name incorrectly david um, but thank you so much for creating this awesome game um And essentially, I'm going to, just to give you guys a bit of a background about what this game is and why and what and how it's played, I'll give you a bit of a rundown. Uh, This one is actually from the, uh, from the manual itself. Uh, So I'll kind of like read in some up here as we go. Uh, Here is what uh, Mystic, Mythic Mortals is. Uh, God is not dead. The ancients have merely been playing dead this entire time. And as Nietzsche surmised, you will have to become much greater than these ancients if you wish to survive. The world is burning. People are running scared in the streets and your greatest cities are toppling, if they haven't already. Uh, Governments crumbling uh, and unable to contain such massive chaos. Those ancient powers have reawakened. Humanity, as it stands, is not up for the fight. Um, Back in the days of the ancients, there were hundreds, thousands of different gods, spirits, and more roaming the earth, waging war and fighting over territories. When those ancients realized that they were slowly weakening and dying out, they called a truce. 
planting seeds of their power in humanity, the ancients slumbered for thousands of years. For a while, humans rule the earth and spread over the planet. As humanity grew, the power planted within us multiplied. Now it's harvest time, and the ancients are hungrier than ever. Every time a person dies, the person within them is released, and the ancients get just a little bit stronger. Eventually, they will be unstoppable, and our little species will be crushed back into dust. Yikes. Um, but, but you, the player... Uh, are one of the rare individuals who are able to tap into and harness some of that ancient power within you, and you can turn it against them. But your control is limited uh, and the, as the energy shifts and mutates constantly. So uh, essentially, you have to learn how to um, use this power to uh, fight the ancients around you and protect the human race. So that's what we're playing today. Um, I picked and, something super cheery. I'm really yeah, excited. Listen, Perfect for uh, pandemic. It's gonna be it's gonna be a full battle scene, so you can get out all of your uh, you know aggression that oh, way. Oh, perfect! Excellent. We'll make think of it like a huge action scene. Um, <laughs> essentially, uh, what you need for this game, besides this manual, which uh, it, although it's 92 pages, um, you only need the basics of like the first 40 to learn how to play and. Um, is actually a really quick read. Um, essentially, uh, the way that you play the game is you need like a specific, like there are like character sheet mats, quote unquote, mat, M-A-T, not M-A-T-T, like our guest. Um, <laughs> and it essentially allows you to kind of switch between uh, all sorts of different like abilities that your class has. Uh, so there are several different classes that uh, you can be. Uh, so you need this mat. You need a deck of 52 cards. Uh, this represents your stats and your health, and a number of other things that would be easier to explain if you just looked at Mythic Mortals yourself. Um, but also, um, you need two six-sided dice. So that's all that you need. And then you need someone who is willing to DM for you as well, of course. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of what the whole game is like. You guys will hear how exactly it's played as we go on, but it's basic. It's a very melee based game, um, but it's also made to basically allow you to be a fucking badass. So the rule, <laughs> the rule, the number one rule today is the rule of cool. So if you want to do something Excellent. cool, do it. Um, but also the idea is that uh, you as a player can play yourself with magical like with this harness capability uh, so i think that's what we're doing today uh matt would you like to i mean we, you've already introduced yourself for like 20 minutes but do you want to introduce like what class you're being yes so i am being the brute um and the tagline uh written out on the mat itself is actually uh the brute is it heavy throw it is it solid smash through it are there many let them come i toss my foe smash the earth and split the sky asunder. I am a brute. Um, so thank <laughs> the Incredible Hulk, yeah. the Thing, um, you know, uh, the Abomination, I guess, if we want to go on the villain side. Uh, you know, big, <laughs> smashy kind of character. Fantastic. Uh, well, um, it's now time for Matt Smash. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to suggest that even though um, apparently great cities are toppling for some reason... Um, Ditmas Park in Brooklyn is like fine. Nice, excellent. That's you know, exciting. like, to, like so, like cities are like toppling over, but it's more like you know the same way that New York City is like you know whatever a hurricane coming. I'm just gonna go back to my apartment. It'll be fine. Whatever <laughs> you know, like the city's been around for ages. That kind of a thing. You so you are 
you know, hanging out in your apartment. Um, I, you know, probably trying to, I don't know. What do you think? Do you want this to be pre-COVID or post-COVID? Mm. Uh, let's make it post-COVID. Post-COVID. All right. You are uh, safely, um, you are hanging out, enjoying some sunshine, uh, trying to get some vitamin D because you've been inside for way too long um, after all of that COVID nonsense. Um, and all of a sudden, you <laughs> all of a sudden you see uh, you're looking down your block uh, on this like on this like street filled with um, brownstones I think um, and you see you hear like this high pitched screeching sound and these like tentacles whip around the corner and like grip onto the side of the building there and as you kind of look you see this. Um, Kraken, this basically giant octopus thing, squid thing, whip itself around the corner and start like reaching out and grabbing your neighbors. People who have like lived in your neighborhood are just being like picked up off the street and eaten by this thing that is like screeching its heads off and people are running and screaming. Uh, what do you do? Uh, well, I mean, first, I just want to say bravo. It's very Watchmen inspired. So, oh. you know, I'm, oh. I'm okay with that. Thank um, you. Well, I'm going to obviously move to this Kraken to see if I can stop it. You know, I don't want it eating okay. my neighbors or my neighborhood, frankly. No. Um, have you drawn your first set of four cards? I have now. Okay, yeah. Lay those out. So you, there, he's going to draw four of cards from his deck and lay them out on the four different capabilities that he has there, which okay. should be Mythos, Accuracy, Defense, and Damage. These mm-hmm. four, um, along with their, um, I'm forgetting the name of it. Essentially, their 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 family of the card is going to indicate like what special feature he has, um, mm-hmm. and also the number on it is going to affect what his stat is for that number for the duration of him having it. And we'll go over okay. when he has to switch that over later. Um, so make sure that you have a chance to kind of look at like whatever the new, like whatever your special feature is for each um, thing. Yes. So I've, I've looked at that. Okay, cool. So I have an idea. Fantastic. All right. So you're going to go up to the Kraken. How are you going to try to stop? What are you going to do? Um, I am just going to try and attack it. I think I'm going to, get just get right up in its face and start like grabbing at its tentacles if i can see if i can get a firm grip like grab and pull at a tentacle you're trying to punch a tentacle uh i'll punch a tentacle see if i can get its attention okay great you're gonna punch the tentacle why don't you roll for accuracy okay uh and you have to hit um equal to or under it under your current accuracy number Okay, so equal to or under. To equal to or under, but let me know if you get equal to too. Um, it's under. I got a one. Okay, great. So you succeed, um, and that is going to deal. Um, we'll say your full damage number. So, what is your damage card number? It's a king, which I think just counts as a ten. Yes. I think that's an eleven. Or an eleven. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah, so that's eleven damage. Uh, so you do that, and it um, 
Yeah, you definitely have its attention now. You just punched <laughs> the shit out of that tentacle. Like you got it like right in the sucker, like so like a weird like little nervy part of it. You just went like mm-hmm. Pow! and it uh it's like kind of screeches and looks over at you. Uh and it is actually going to um screech at you. Mm-hmm. Um and I want you to um and it is going to try to essentially disorient you. Okay. Um, so you can choose to, um, I guess, since it's like a listening thing, actually, yeah. So because because this isn't like a physical attack, I'm not sure if you can really defend against it unless you have some creative way you want to try to react to that. Mm, not that I can think of. I, I would admittedly uh, say that if I'm busy punching the crap out of a tentacle, I may not be paying attention to what it's going to <laughs> do to fair. me. Oh, um, as a note, um, because you um, attacked, you have to now move. Um, you have to keep tabs on your stability for your, uh, you know, magical capability. Essentially, okay. um, so what that means is that you should have a token yep. and a series of stability, like a, like stages. So yes. you should move from fresh to stable. Okay. Yep. I've um, done that. It moves pretty quickly. Yep. So. Uh, essentially, so you can't do anything, so you screech, and this sound is piercing. Like, you've been listening to a scream for, like, you know, a couple seconds, but, like, it it screeches in your ears, and, like, you hear it, like, ringing in your head, and it feels like it's, like, rattles you, and, um, unfortunately, uh, for the next turn, uh, you are going to have a minus two to your accuracy. Okay. Noted. All right. Um, do I get to respond now? Yes, It is my turn. turn. So, uh, my special abilities are all revolving around a party, which is a bummer uh, for the moment. But um, Sorry, dude. <laughs> um, so, actually, no, but here's what I'll do. Because my defense is a club card, um, it allows me, I can grab, throw, grapple anything slightly larger than a school bus. So, I think Sweet. what I'm going to do instead is look around. There are... I would agree. I think we would agree that a small fire truck is about the same size as a like a, a large school bus, right? Sure, sure. There's a fire station on yeah. my block, and so I'm going to go to the fire station. Um, I'm going to grab after making sure that it's clear, firemen grab the fire truck from mm-hmm. within the station, and I'm going to attempt to throw it at the kraken to try and knock it off the building, knock it down to the ground. Fuck yeah. Um... Okay, does it have any rules for rolling on that one? Um, it doesn't. It just says that you can do that. If this and is and what, what is that under? It's under defense. It's under defense. Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to say roll for accuracy, I guess. Okay. Um... So, funnily enough, I tie with it. My stat card is six minus two, which is four, and I rolled a three and a one. Hell yes. Okay, so um, that's a critical success. Amazing. You match it. So, um, what are you trying to do exactly? So, my goal is to grab the fire truck by the front because there's a bend by that part of the truck, right? When they turn, they turn at the front. And so I'm going to pick it up 
I'll, because uh, um, it says I can grab, throw, or grapple. I'm yes. going to grab the fire truck and I want to swing it like a base, large baseball bat yeah. and knock the Kraken off the building and down to the ground with it. Fuck yes. Almost uh, like I'm swatting a giant bug. <laughs> um, you you definitely do that. It uh, makes a kind of a squeak, like it makes a squishy noise. It's not dead, but it definitely squishes. And um, <laughs> I'll say because you got a critical success on that, um, I'll let you add like five extra damage to that. So what is your um, what is your damage number? So my damage number is a ki- is a king. It's an eleven. So plus five. So that's sixteen damage. <laughs> yeah, you smash the shit out of this kraken. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Wow. Um, okay, so you do that, and it uh, does makes a squishy sound, and it um, it like immediately is freaked out by you, and actually it is going to it. Um, it, it sees this, and then you feel like this, like, pulsing, like, you see, like, it's, like, pulsing sensation through it, and it uh-huh. uh, ejects um, ink. So it, like, oh, explodes, no. like, kind of like an ink. I mean, it would be cloudy if it were in water, but it just kind of, like, spews it on the ground, and it starts um, kind of, like, surfing it away from you down the street. Okay. Uh, I would, I want to attempt to chase it. Um Okay because I want to finish it off. I don't want it to hurt anybody yeah. else. Oh, um, don't forget that you needed to move your token one more point yep, over I did. on your so stability now, now I'm at burning. So you're burning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also, a heads up to you, uh, since uh, overload is a thing that could happen. Uh, overload means that you would have to discard all four of your cards and draw another four. Uh, if you want to, you can take a turn to vent that, mm-hmm. which means that you um, discard two cards and then the other two go to the bottom of your, like, get recycled to the bottom of your deck. Okay. Uh, it does take a turn, um, but you will, you cannot be harmed while you're doing this. Just okay. so you know. Noted. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I'm not quite sure uh, how movement works in this. Um, I know that I have the ability to sprint. Uh, yes. Um, so I can, which would allow me to move up to uh, shout range. I w- um, yeah, I would say it's in it's in shout range right now. Okay. So I would I would want to move to try and catch it. Um, okay. Having exhausted my defense special ability to throw something, that would have been useful now. Um, but I my, don't see why uh, you can't reuse. To be honest. That's true. I mean, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like the truck is still here. Could I grab like a piece of the truck to try and peg the Kraken to stop it from getting away? Sure. Yeah. I, I can say that you find um, a piece of, since you like fucking smash it across the ground, <laughs> like I'll say that you find like a loose bit of like plating on the outside. I don't know. I, you know, that's how cars work. Right. And right. you peel that off and um, you go to like shot put it. All right. I'll do that. Yeah. Let's do that. And so I would have to roll. Uh, accuracy again, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I still have the minus two, right? Um, no, it's been a full turn, so that's gone. Oh, great. All right, then. Um, I rolled the two, so I got under my accuracy. Okay, you succeed. Uh, that's another 11 points of damage, huh? C- correct. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shit. Um, great. So you do that, and uh, don't forget to move uh, your token over another point. Yep. Um, so you're at, you should be at critical now. And um, 
so you so you do that and you manage to pin it like you manage to pin it to the ground like you kind of like chop it into like some of its tentacles and it gets like whipped back to- in your to dire- in your direction and okay. uh, as it does so uh, it whips back over to you and um, all of a sudden it like it it's been freaking out up until this point and then it just looks at you and mm-hmm. you can see like this like eerie depth in its eyes and all of a sudden you see like a light flash and all of a sudden there are rumbling clouds that are rolling in and you see like bits of lightning flashing and um this this uh kraken is now looking a lot more menacing standing there looming over you with these flashes of lightning in the background and it is looking at you and it is going to um it is going to reach over and it is going to look over look for some individuals reach over grab them with their tentacles and hold them in front of it Mm-hmm. Like a shield, so it's using a human shield right now. Okay, that's that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want those folks to get hurt. Um, so I think the first thing I'm going to do is take a moment to actually vent, okay, um, and discard two cards. So I have to draw a full four, right? You have to draw a full four. Um, so you I, just yeah, I discard two and put two on the bottom. Yes, right. Okay, so I'll do that and then draw my full four. And when I vent like that, does it go all the way back to fresh? It goes back to fresh, yeah. Okay, great. So I'll do that now. (laughs) What are the odds I would draw another king for damage? I don't know, but I did. Oh, man. Um, All right. Uh, and so that that's my turn, right? Uh, Venting takes your whole turn. Yeah, venting takes your whole turn, um, but you cannot be harmed while you're venting. So... Unfortunately for me, but good for you. I cannot do anything <laughs> about this. So uh, the, the Kraken is just going to continue uh, screaming and calling lightning, essentially. Now it's your okay. turn again. Um, so, uh, so what I'm going to attempt to do now is uh, I have... Um, Oh no, that's not what I thought it was. It's the wrong suit. I thought I had a barbed chain, but I don't. I have a heart and not a spade. Um, ah. So instead, let's see what my other special abilities are. I guess what I'm going to try and do is try and get him to release the people he's using as a human shield. Um, so maybe I'll try and grab one of his other tentacles, because presumably he's using tentacles to hold them, but he's also using tentacles to stand. Like, he's all tentacles. He's Um, he's a very tentacly boy, yes. Yes. So I'm going to try and attempt to, like, grab a bunch of the tentacles he's standing on to maybe Mm -hmm. get him to lose balance to make him forced to drop the other two humans so he can grab, like, brace his own fall. Interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, And I'm not quite sure how I would do that. Um... Um, oh, so actually might be under Mythos. It says, roll Mythos to grab an enemy smaller than a truck in melee range. Is he bigger or smaller than a truck? You know what? Um, we'll say that, like, he's slender. So he's like, you know, like, trucks are, like, long. So he's, like, a long. <laughs> he's tall, but he's not fat. So we'll say he's, right. like, he can be, like, about a fire truck sized, which I'll okay. let, yeah. What do you know? It, it works. <laughs> it works out that way. Yeah. Um, so I would roll under Mythos. So that's yeah. an eight. Let's see. 
Uh, I rolled a five. What is your so number? Six and eight. Great. So you succeed. Um, so so you, how does he react yeah. when I grab a bunch of his ta- tentacles to put him off balance? You 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 pull at his tentacles, and it um, it 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 kind of continues to like hold on to the. Um, it kind of continues to hold on to the humans, but it does like kind of fall forward, um, and it's it seems to be like very off balance right now. Okay. Um, I'd say I'll say it lets one of them go. Okay, great. Um, um, then, yep. That's I guess my turn then. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Move your token along the stability track, mm-hmm. and uh, the the um, kraken is going to look at you uh, with anger in its eyes, and it is going to try to strike you with lightning. Wow. Okay. Uh, would you, are you interested in blocking or dodging? Um, I will, uh, I will attempt to block. That means that you, it's your defense minus, um, you don't even have to roll for it, to be honest. So it's essentially, it's your defense number minus, or it's the damage number minus your defense number. So what is your defense number? Is five. It's five? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that lightning strike was a good 12 points of damage. Oh, wow. So, okay. So um, I can do math. That's So now it's seven points of damage with your subtracted five points. So okay. uh, now you have to discard seven cards from your deck. So those are gone. All right. Those are gone. Discarded. Your turn. All right. My turn. Um, oh, and you have I, to move the token to do that. I'm sorry. So move oh, on yes. the stability track. Okay. So on my turn, um, I am going to use my accuracy special ability, which is summoning a chaos axe. What? And when you summon the chaos axe, you roll two dice added together and deal that amount of damage. Fuck yes. Okay. So, like, as if I were Thor calling for his hammer, I summon the Chaos Axe to me. Um, It takes a minute. People are a little confused, but I get it. And then I swing, trying to maybe chop off some of its tentacles to cause some permanent damage. And I rolled a six and a four, so I did ten damage. Ten points of damage. Uh, Yeah, you... um... You slice off, so you you kind of pulled, and you were like grabbing hold of these. You had these two tentacles, like we can say that you even like kept hold of them and like summoned your gigantic axe and just like chopped down on them. Um, and they, uh, sure, yeah, they fall off. Um, All right, and that 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 kraken is not not a happy boy. Not happy. Do you all. think that amount of pain losing those limbs would cause him to drop the other human? Sure. Yeah. All right. Rescue. I'll let that happen. Yeah. So rescue. You rescued that human. Um, the the tunnel guy's going to scream, and um, he's going to lean down and kind of like mean mug you. Is going to look like right and like look you right in the eyes. But when you look into this kraken's eyes, um, you kind of look and you notice the way that he seems to be. Um, there's like a bizarre and very unnerving depth to mm-hmm. like like the way that this kraken is looking at you. Like it is seeing into your very soul. Uh, so that is going to be actually um, a minus three to your damage number. Okay. All right. 
Noted. Yep. And that's uh, that's its turn. Okay. Um, in an attempt to avoid overload, I am going to take an opportunity to vent again. Okay. Um, which brings me back down to fresh. Um, I will put two cards at the bottom of my deck and discard the other two and then okay. deal myself four new cards. Are you and all good? My turn. Yep, I'm good. Fantastic. So uh, while you focus your energy, um, the Kraken is just going to continue uh, looking at you. Um, and it's actually going to reach over and grab another uh, innocent and kind of put it in front of your face. Like, okay. look at this human. Don't look at me. <laughs> um, your turn again. <laughs> um, all right. Then on my turn... Um, I am going to, to. I just want to see what my new special ability is now. Sure, okay, yeah, take your time. Um, so I think I'm just going to keep trying to attack it. None of my special abilities really do anything fancy. Um, I will say at this point, um, since it's you're, you're on your own, if any mm-hmm. of your like party supporting things, if any of them um, could be applied to yourself, I'll let them apply. Okay. Um, no, uh, a lot of my abilities are grab things or throw things and, you know, uh, I don't want to throw the Kraken right now because he's still holding someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, though currently, because I have a heart under damage, I have Merciful, which means that I cannot reduce an enemy below one HP. So I can oh. knock this Kraken out, but I cannot kill it. Um, that said, um... The uh, my accuracy special ability is called whatever, which I have, which anything that you grab and wield becomes a deadly weapon. <laughs> so I I'm still ho- so I'm still holding one of the Kraken's very own tentacles. Yeah. So my no thought way. is to use it like a whip, hitting, hitting, hitting the Kraken with his own tentacle, maybe going for its eyes. Seeing if I could maybe blind it or like take yeah. it out, maybe get a sucker stuck on its eyes. This is absolutely amazing! Wow. <laughs> um, okay, so roll under accuracy. Okay, this one's gonna be harder. My accuracy is pretty low this turn. Uh, nope, I don't do it. I rolled a seven, and my accuracy is a four. Well, it looked cool, but you um, kind of you try to whip it, but it's a little like. It's the whipping a tentacle is a little bit like larger and you're not really used to how it feels. So you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're still getting used to it. So it doesn't work this turn. Um, okay. Move, move your token along the stability track. Okay. Um, all right. So now it is the Kraken's turn. It's going to try to strike you with lightning again. Okay. Inter- any interest in block dodging or taking it? I will dodge. Okay. So you need to roll against your defense. Okay. Um, I don't do it. Uh, my defense is a four, and I rolled a seven. Yeah, so that's not going to work. You're going to take um, 12, 12 points of damage. All right. Trash so that means I discard 12 cards, right? One, yeah, two. you discard 12 cards. Um, and because you took a reaction, you have to move your token along the track again. Okay. All right. Um I'm, you know, I'm starting to get a little frustrated. Mm. This Kraken's ruined my afternoon. Um, so what I'm going to do instead, this this turn is, 
Um, so I have an ability called catch, uh, which will allow me to throw the enemy against another enemy, and both enemies take half damage and are knocked back. Okay. Since I can't do that, I, what I want to do is throw the Kraken either against a building or a wall of some kind to maybe throw it off balance, like just shove it into something to do half damage. Sure, and give so, it a try. All right. And so I'm going to roll, I guess the damage is the dice. Is a dice roll, or is it just my damage? And I have to roll um, accuracy. I roll accuracy. And then... I think... Because hmm. it doesn't specifically it's... say roll dice, so I think I have to roll for accuracy to see if I attempt it, yeah. and then it's half of whatever my damage is. Yeah, so I think do. so. So, uh, um, I get a three, and my uh, accuracy is four. So, I am successful. So we'll take half damage. My uh, damage is an ace, which is eight. So it'll take four damage and uh, is knocked back. So maybe it's knocked over or something. So it takes four damage. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you kind of grab it. You run up to where, uh, we'll say you run up to where, like, the tentacle with the human is since it's, like, right in your face. And you grab it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you kind of, like... St- stabilize it like you stabilize like the person tentacle and you kind of like whip it across the side and you get him across the um the one of the buildings nearby and it does you know shatter the building a little bit but the kraken yeah. does kind of like fall to the floor in a bit of a heap um and move your token along the track i did yep great fabulous um next is going to be uh tentacle guy's turn um, he is going to, uh, he has actually seen you, like, throwing all the shit, and he's going to reach over to, um, one of the many cars parked on your block, and, um, he's going to grab, um, one of those cars and try to throw it at you. Okay. Um, and so, what do I need to do on my end? Do I dodge a roll or something? You can dodge, uh, you can block, you can... Um, I guess I'll block. Okay. This time. So, what is your damage number? My damage number is eight. Damage number is eight. Cool. Uh, That was actually, um, funnily enough, having a car thrown at you um, hurts a little bit less than than, uh, getting struck by lightning. So, uh, that is only two points of damage to you. So, delete two cards. All right. I've done that. I've removed two cards. And move that token along. Okay. I am at overload. Oh, boy. Okay, if you're at overload, that means that you have to, and this does not cost you a turn, you have to clear your mat, uh, throw away all of those cards, and draw two, or draw four new ones. All right, I will do that now. You feel this burning, the the ancient power within you burns, and you kind of go up, go up in a magical flame, and not are born good. anew with a new capability. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right, that is done, and I've reset my track. Fantastic. Your turn. All right. Um, so I'm going to use my new accuracy ability. Um, uh, I get to summon the Cloud Buster. This hilariously oversized weapon hits all targets in melee range and deals half damage. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll so, say that you do that. So um, I do that, and half of my damage unfortunately is either two or one because my damage is three on the new roll 
Um, so I will let you decide, I guess, which half you want. Or I could do one and a half damage, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the idea of half damage. I don't get to do that often. We'll do one and we'll do one and a half. So we, we gotta we gotta start moving forward. Um, let's see. So Kraken is going to um, look at you one more time and try to hit you one more time with lightning. This thing is really trying to take you out. Okay, uh, I will uh, attempt to uh, dodge this time. Okay, roll against your defense. Uh, I don't do it. All right, that's another 12 cards. 12 damage. Sorry, One, dude. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I am running out of cards. You are, but he's also running close here too. This Kraken, not looking great, to be honest. Okay, uh, I am going to use a move called Six Feet Under. Um, I smash them into the ground, and they take Mythos damage. And my Mythos is a jack. So roll under Mythos, then. Yep. And I am just barely successful. I roll under Mythos. Oh, you roll under. Okay, so you succeed, and it takes 10 points of damage, which um, I have to say... That was what was left. <laughs> nice. And I don't have a heart anymore, so I, I'm not merciful anymore. Like, so you're, I, you were at like 9.5. So, so I kill that Kraken. That, would you like to describe how you kill it? Um, I grab the nearest vehicle, make sure no humans are in it, and then smash it into the ground until its eyes pop out of its head. Fantastic. Like one of those weird, creepy toys from like yes. the 90s. It yes, exactly. Dissolve, like kind of squeezes out like the eyes like pop out of its head it's disgusting and you have uh, saved your block for another sunny day amazing I feel like a hero <laughs> congratulations Matt you are a hero today um, and congratulations on playing the game uh, that was that was it so that was a lot of fun thank you that was so much fun I loved it yeah yeah would you play it again I would absolutely play it again. I can't even imagine like what it would be like with a, a full party full of people. Oh I think that God. would be really cool. Yeah, I'm sure it's a hugely fantastic party game. So uh, definitely, folks, check that out. Yes. Um, so where can they reach you, listen to you? We've listed all their, listed all their stuff, but um, where would you like them to go from here? So uh, the best place to find me is actually on Twitter, DJ underscore Stormageddon. Um, Everything I do is listed there. Um, I retweet and share everything that I do. Um, you can also go to certainpov.com for the majority of my podcasts and Crash Chords with a D for my <laughs> other podcast. Um, but I would say Twitter is the best way to find me. If you want to watch me stream, it's uh, twitch.tv uh, slash DJ underscore Stormageddon. As you can see, there's a pattern. Pretty much if you <laughs> Google DJ underscore Stormageddon, you'll find me just about anywhere. Fantastic. Uh, well, you heard it here, folks. Um, thank you again so much for being here. This was a great time. My pleasure. I had so much fun. I yeah. will happily do this again. Um, and I will definitely, ha uh, I will say it on the air. I will happily have you on autographs and interview you for a change. Fuck yeah, I would love that. Uh, so hopefully we'll make that happen. And in the meantime, thank you so much to our listeners for being here at Gameplay Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I hope that you guys enjoyed the rest of your afternoon. Um, feel free to listen to our archive on the Radio Free Brooklyn website or on Spotify um, or also just, you know, go on to Twitter and do all of that stuff as well. I say this every time. Goodbye, everyone, and have a great afternoon.